Hey everyone, this is Doug. I want to thank you for listening to Radio Dakar and for following along with these episodes. Uh, We're going to get started with our latest Star Wars Resistance review, Uh, but I have to give a spoiler warning uh, because the episode starts out with uh, me and little Han talking about the episode and it segues into uh, The Mandalorian. So if you're in a country where you haven't yet gotten Disney Plus or you just haven't watched The Mandalorian yet, uh, we do talk about the big surprise uh, early in the season. Uh, so uh, if you want to uh, go in clean, I would skip ahead till about the nine-minute point in this episode, and that way you will not be spoiled by any uh, Mandalorian talk, and we'll move right into Resistance. Uh, thanks again for listening. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and I've got little Han with me. Hey. Hey. So today we are talking about Star Wars Resistance, Season 2, Episode 7, The Relic Raiders. Happy Opposite Day. Happy Opposite Day? Is it? I know, I've heard of Opposite Day, but I didn't know it was today. Well, it it is today. Well, okay, alright. Well, Happy Opposite Day then. Uh, So, uh, what did you think about this episode? I thought it was really cool, like... Why is a Sith temple buried under a Jedi temple? Why would a, um, a Jedi do that? Well, uh, it it's really cool. We found out... Um, that they want to fight each other. Well, they did fight each other. Uh, uh, but well, Anakin and... Well, before that, Bucket's List talked Ooh. about it a bit. Um, and it's, you know, they kind of explored it on Clone Wars and Rebels. Yeah, your brother has his his bottle. Um, but yeah, uh, for thousands of years, the Jedi and the Sith armies fought, fought against each other, and the Sith had all these temples throughout the galaxy, and when they were defeated, sometimes the Jedi would build their, would bury the Sith temple and build the Jedi temple on top of it to kind of but suppress the... Coruscant yes, the Jedi temple on Coruscant is built over a Sith temple. So you... Are you telling me that if this um, big Jedi temple is tall? Yeah. It, is there a Sith temple like... There's a Sith temple buried below it, yeah. In a building? Well, it was below ground. I mean, well, you know, or on Coruscant. Or well, maybe it was below ground? Well, maybe it was... Maybe it was above ground and then... You know, because Coruscant is built, like, hundreds of stories high, so um, maybe they just build it around and on top of it. Um, but, yeah. The but if it's 100 hmm? stories, but how yeah. do you jump down? Do you have to be a Jedi? To you do have to be a Jedi to jump down, yeah. But why in my game, when I jump down, hmm. I just die? Well, it's because it's a game. <laughs> yeah. Your they didn't have really fun. have time to build under because they didn't know. Well, I mean, well, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they didn't take that into account on the game. It's just um, that's just the game. But yeah, and so yeah, throughout the galaxy, there's all these Sith temples that are you know buried. What? what? One time in the Force Awakens, I saw 
Um, it's a temple on Takodan. Yeah. There's a little Jedi temple. No. No, it's on the other side of Takodan. Oh. You okay. probably didn't see it. Okay, I didn't see that. Um, it's in the game. Or on the other side of Takodan. Oh. I can see Maz's castle up there. Yeah. And then but eventually. Was that on the game too? Yeah, there's little lakes and I see. And then, you know what? Well, studio Funny. audience. <laughs> you can, pr- you can like press square and when you hit something, you know what happens? What? It, it takes you down into the Sith Temple. Oh, okay, cool. I, I haven't seen that part of it. Um, yeah, you were um, not here. I wasn't here? Know. Okay, that's fine. Sure, it um, so, yeah, we got the Sith Temple and all that lore on this episode. What else did you like? Why did this bounty hunter person pretend to be on the First Order? She said, do you worship the First Order? Well, because she's trying to keep these relics away from the First Order, and she was hoping that Kaz wasn't part of them, because then she would have to fight fight him. You know, she was trying to keep it away from this uh, from the First Order. Oh, I just put my eye in my thing. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> um... So, yeah, it turns out, um, and we'll talk a lot about her. Her name was... Uh, G.G. Gray something? Uh, Mika Gray. That was it, yeah. Mika Gray. Close, yeah. Um, G.G. Gray. Yeah, she's basically a relic hunter. Um, Now, I know you haven't watched him, but have I ever told you about Indiana Jones? No. Okay. Um, it, it's a, we're going to watch him someday. There, there's uh, these movies where it's... Uh, he's is it an, before Harry... What? Oh, Fantastic Beasts? Oh, is it... Virginia Jones, Fantastic Beasts, Harry Potter, blah, 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 blah. Something like that. Yeah, Indiana Jones, um, the, the movies that t- took place about 80 years ago, and um, he's an archaeologist, which means he... Oh, hi, Bitey. Oh, is Bitey here? We've met... <laughs> We oh Bitey Bitey attacked you oh no we've missed Bitey this season he hasn't been on much that's that's sad we need more Bitey before this the series ends um where was I um uh, I think you talking no we were talking about uh, uh, oh yeah uh, Indiana Jones um so he's an archaeologist which means he studies ancient cultures and he goes to old temples and you know finds Ooh, artifacts and temples. yeah so. Um, he's, 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 he's kind of a, uh, like a real world relic hunter. So, um, there's a lot of Indiana Jones influences on this episode and bitey ate your face. I'm sorry. Cool. <laughs> um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of, in, yeah, a lot of Indiana Jones, um, influences here. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll watch that. Um, yeah. there's some Indiana Jones influences on Mandalorian too. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, you mean they went to Indiana Jones? Well, no, his name's Indiana Jones. He's not from Indiana. Um, they explain where uh, that all in the movie. But um, chapter two, why did they call it the child? It was a toddler. Uh, well, in, I mean, for Yoda's species, fifty years old is still a child. He's fifty years old. <laughs> yeah. That little guy's 50 years old? That little guy's 50 years old, yeah. Spoilers for people who watch Resistance but not Mandalorian, sorry. <laughs> I should have <laughs> should have given a spoiler warning, but... Yeah. Um, 
anyway, about, about Resistance, uh, anything else you want to mention? On the first season, I liked how Cass was on the edge of the Colossus, be chased <laughs> by troopers. Mm-hmm. And why did he jump so far that he almost fell? Well, there's a lot of narrow... Like yeah, there's a lot of narrow things on the Colossus where he could fall from. But they got to fight some new um, First Order troopers this episode, the First Order Raiders. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they were pretty cool. I liked them. Are you trying to eat my face? Yeah, Bitey bite shouldn't. Yeah, well, you know, by, yeah. I imagine Bitey's pretty frustrated being on in space this whole season, so he's probably trying to eat people's faces. Wait, he's been in space? Yeah, he's, he's in space on the Colossus with everybody else. We just haven't seen much of him. I'm surprised that Flix and Orca didn't take him um, last week when they went on their mission. When? Um, when they went to... Um, Hyperfuel? Yeah, yeah, when they went to um, look at the mining. <laughs> You're being a silly guy. Um, but I'll, I'll finish talking about the episode. Um, Let's do it. All right, was there anything else you wanted to mention, sir? I wanted to mention about... Let's see, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> about why did Kaz come like so crazy? He's just electrocuted. He's sounding crazy. He's well, like, he yeah, it was like some Sith trap, and it was like it wasn't, it wasn't. Huh? But why is the trap? Well, the best part about it was when how did they get on the wall when the thing was spinning? How did Kaz get on the wall like this? And that was rising and then get his feet. Um, it's, like it was like right here rising. Well, it's called a centrifuge. And uh, like it, it's wait, tell you what, when you're in high school and you take physics, you'll learn about why that works. But yeah, uh, like uh, the spinning kept him on the wall instead of keeping him in the center oh, of the... Oh, it's like air. It's like air pushing back. Yeah. Uh, air pushing back. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wish I was on that ride. Please. It, it, yeah, sometimes they have carnival rides that do it like that. Um, Stranger Things, they did that this season. Which one was it? Huh? Oh well, no, it's yeah. not, nothing you've ever read. Well, it's kind of like the scra- it? well, it's kind of like the scrambler that you ride at Dollywood. It's kind of the same principle. Wee, let's <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> you're having oh. a good time. So, um, but yeah, well, I will do my rundown of the episode and you keep spinning and spinning and spinning. <laughs> so moving on to the episode itself, uh, the Relic Raiders was written by, uh, executive producer, Brandon Allman and directed by Brad Rao. And so it starts off on the Colossus and they are going to, um, head down to the trading outpost on Ashes Re, uh, which, as we find out, uh, was a, uh, a an ancient Sith planet, and um, Lil' Han and I have already talked about it. Uh, there was a Sith temple built there, and then at some point they were defeated by the Jedi, and the temple was buried, and then a Jedi temple was built on top of it, uh, which is, is something I really hope they explore in the next wave of Star Wars storytelling. Uh, once the Skywalker saga concludes and uh, with the new movies or Project Luminous or anything else, I really, I really hope they go back hundreds to thousands of years and give us some Jedi versus Sith stories because you want to know about, more about these temples in, in the heyday when they were populated. Uh, so far, we've just seen them um, 
uh, just the ruins, you know, a little bit on Clone Wars and then um, in Rebels, of course, on Malachor. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see more of this. So hopefully this is just a tease of what's to come. Uh, we've been told to look to animation for the future of Star Wars, so maybe this is part of it. Uh, so anyway, Asher 3 is the name of the planet. And so, um, you know, there's... You know, I like what the season is doing as far as establishing the needs of the station and how they're dealing with it. You know, they've been low on fuel, so then they got Coaxium at Dakar um, from Felix's family. They've gotten food uh, thanks to the um, Jakush. And now, you know, Captain Doza says they're running low on supplies. And so they're going to use what credits they have to go to the trading outpost. And get it without having to what they think um you know <laughs> salvage it or acquire it any other way so you, the episode starts off seeming to be pretty innocuous uh just go and get some supplies but it's never that easy uh what's cool you know besides kaz and Tora, who have been really the centerpiece characters this season so far uh as much as we're following tam uh, this is the fourth episode in a row without her, although I think that ends next week, uh, based on the preview. Um, yeah, we, we miss Tam, we love Susie, um, but yeah, Cass uh, and Tora have teamed up pretty well this season, but the, uh, Freya comes along, so we get more of Mary Elizabeth McGlynn doing her um, Helen Mirren <laughs> Russian voice. Uh, if, you, if you listen to the episode where I set in on her panel at uh, fanboy expo you'll know uh know where she got her inspiration but that's that's all i can think of now is her doing a helen mirren impersonation um but we also get kel and ayla uh, wanting to stow away so they can get out and see a you know they want some fresh air they want to see the planet and this is the first time this season where really we've seen them since they helped um niku get the colossus into space last year um, and also, uh, Buckets List pointed out, you know, they've got new clothes, which means now that their, you know, their presence on the Colossus is known, they can actually go out and get new, new supplies and new clothing. So that's good. And it's great to have Anthony Del Rio and Nikki Suhu back on the show doing their voices. Uh, they've, you know, they were, they were a nice part of season one, so it's good to have them back here. And especially with the way the story turned out with um, the circumstances of the Sith Temple, it almost seemed like at first a coincidence that, oh, this would be the time that they want to go uh, go down with them. And it turns out that they, they've got this uh, adventure with uh, elements of the Force. But no, the more I thought about it, I mean, could it have been the force letting them know that this is the time you need to go so that they can be helpful in their own way. And like skipping ahead to the end when Ayla is talking to Mika Gray about the force, I had almost forgotten that the kids, the children of Tahar displace some sort of uh, force abilities, like with their foresight uh, back in the Bebo episode. I had I kind of forgotten about that. So it was a good reminder. But yeah, I like how they were used in this episode. It's good to have them back. 
And um, Michael Tavera's soundtrack for this episode was good. I liked, as they're heading down to the planet, the music, it was like hints or echoes of the music from Attack of the Clones when they were on Tatooine. And Anakin was about to leave the Lars homestead and go to look for his mother. Uh, It's kind of an ominous beat to it. Uh, that was kind of repeated here, and it has almost like a, you know, dark foreshadowing of what's to come. So, intentional or not, I liked. I thought that was neat. Uh, I really dug the tree uh, design and the architecture of the outpost on Ashes Re. It um, kind of reminded me of like Southeast Asia here on Earth. Um, so, it's not just another. Jungle Planet, I mean, it had some similarities perhaps to Takodana, but I thought it was unique enough, uh, especially with uh, the design of the temple being there uh, in the outpost. So it turns out the outpost is abandoned, and as we find out, uh, that wasn't too long ago, uh, once uh, Mika Gray to start, uh, decided to raise the Sith Temple and go into it. So the villagers left, and Luckily, I left all their supplies behind, so they're still able, you know, still able to acquire uh, without and without without having to spend the credits. Apparently, so that worked out. <laughs> I thought that was um, nice little side effect of the whole adventure. Um, but you know, they have the warning written out in Arabesh, and you know, the kids, um, the children. They're curious, so they go out and, you know, they find the, the Temple of the Force. And, and they see that symbol on their floor once they're with Kaz. Um, it's almost like a yin-yang symbol, but it's got uh, the fish and the snake, which, as Bucket's list pointed out, the fish is symbolic of the light side and snake is symbolic of the dark side. And it seems like... I don't know if it's official merchandising or not, but there seems to be some snake symbology coming up in uh, The Rise of Skywalker, so I'll be interested to see if that ties in. Um, Yeah, I wonder if uh, parts of this episode is just like a precursor to some of the mythology they're going to play with in the movie. Um, I'll talk a bit more about that, but yeah, that was like my favorite part is that this is the first time they've really dug into the, um, mysticism of the Force in this series, and it's uh, it's been good so far. Hopefully we'll get more of it. We know that Kylo Ren will show up yeah, this season. We just haven't seen that yet. Um, so they refer, they refer to it as the Temple of the Force, not um, like a Jedi temple, but I think it's kind of could be used either way. Now, they mention it's like the temple on their planet, which, and I talked about it on that episode, uh, the core problem, I think, believe. The planet where, in that system where Kaz and Poe find all those planets that have been cored out, they land on that one planet with a temple. Um, they haven't said yet, but I think that may be Tahar. And that's where the kids came from. And that's why, you know, they had to escape because everything was destroyed by the First Order. So, 
you know, how similar are those temples? Did that one have a Sith temple underneath? Um, yeah, I, I really dug the Sith temple. I mean, it did remind me of a lot of the one on Malachor in the um, Twilight of the Apprentice episode of Star Wars Rebels. And uh, the Indiana Jones-style traps. Uh, this one had a Temple of Doom vibe to it for sure. Um, especially later on when Kaz, you know, Mika Gray is trying to maintain a cool demeanor. She's more of the Indiana Jones type. And then you got Kaz, who's, you know, typical Kaz freaking out and setting off the traps. And he, he reminded me of um, uh, Kate Capshaw's character, Willie Scott, in Temple of Doom. Um, so I thought that dynamic worked pretty well. Um, they didn't say anything about it, but if you notice, especially when he fell through the trap and was in there with Mika, the um, there's like these little particles just floating around, uh, dust or whatever. Um, I don't know if it was intentional or not, and they didn't mention it on Bucket's List, but it reminded me of the Upside Down in um, Stranger Things. I, I don't know if that's what they were going for, but... Um, you know, just added it to the ominous uh, feeling of the temple. Uh, oh, yeah. So we, at this point, we're inter officially introduced to Mika Gray, uh, played by 2D Roche or Roche. Um, and she, she you know, I'll keep talking about her, but she was a really interesting character. And I hope we, hope this isn't the last we see of her, you know, that she's safely on the Colossus or anything like that. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> just thinking of it, it was kind of like uh, for those of you who watch Star Trek: The Next Generation, you know, there were times throughout the series where they picked up uh, people who had, um, you know, been rescued from whatever planet, uh, and some sometimes in solitude. I'm thinking of uh, Future Imperfect, where Riker uh, was. Uh, quote unquote captured by the kid who just wanted somebody to play with and then he at the end of the episode he winds up taking him back to the Enterprise but we never see him again you know granted it's a big ship like the Colossus um, but it's like oh I wonder what happened to them <laughs> you know um, so it, it, although you know with two seasons of storytelling I, I would hope that um, any characters they pick up along the way they'll you know, we'll get to see them later, get some, you know, a little bit of resolution with them. Hey, we did get um, Gravel back this season, so you never know. Um, I'm kind of skipping around my notes, uh, especially since Little Han and I talked about some of this already. Yeah, so Little Han loved the, that grinder, the carnival ride rotating trap. Um, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. I mean, it looked rough um and something the sith would do i'm sure so yeah and that was just, it, the effects were really cool especially when it started spinning I, I can't i mean i am in no way an expert on animation or anything but i gotta think that's a hard shot to pull off where you have multiple rotating things in the same shot but it looked really awesome and with the red lighting of the set temple and everything. So, yeah, I just dug the whole 
the whole adventure in the Sith Temple. It was really good for this episode. Uh, we found out that Mika had been trapped in there for only two days, but that she's been uh, relic hunting to keep things away from the First Order for about two and a half years at least, or looking for this particular relic, which, uh, you know, pyramidal in shape and uh, Bucket's List mentioned, you know, that's what how the Sith designed things because it's, you know, the point above uh, the base, you know, like they're... Not overconfidence. What's the word? Um, how do you say? Um, almost like their perceived superiority over the populace, I guess. A symbol of that. Um, so, you know, they with the kids' help, they get out of the... Um, get out of the trap and having to use the... Utilize the symbols around the room. Now, if you notice, but you know, when the, once they get out after Kaz had set off another trap and they get the relic, uh, it's nighttime now. So, without having to really explain it, they did a nice subtle thing to let you know. Okay, this took a few hours. It wasn't just like walked in, got trapped, and walked back out. It went from light to dark outside. So this this took a while. And in the meantime, you know, it gave Tora and. Freya time to get supplies, but also to be captured by the uh, First Order Raiders, which is a really cool concept that, you know, there would be stormtroopers who are um, assigned specifically as relic, uh, relic hunters themselves, and to be finding this stuff, um, well, as Mika said, for the Supreme Leader, which... Now, okay, that, that one was interesting because you didn't say who the Supreme Leader was. You know, it also kind of begs the question, has this episode, is this episode taking place before or after the Battle of Crate? Because we know at that point, Snoke is dead and Kylo Ren is the Supreme Leader. You know, was, it, and we know about kylo's obsession with sith artifacts i mean like you know especially with his grandfather with vader's helmet and um you know wanting to procure the lightsaber um now i know you know freemaker adventures and lego all-stars isn't officially canon it's canon adjacent but you know he was even wanting jedi starfighters and uh, things like that on that show um but we know, I mean, it's established about Kylo's obsession, and that may be further explored in Rise of Skywalker. Did Snoke have that same desire, and was he the one who initiated this, or was it Kylo Ren sending out the Raiders? Um, I hope this is something we find out about. Like how they were started and sent out. I would love to know more about the First Order Raiders. And it's really interesting, like, we got a hint of their design in the trailer, and it goes along with that kind of mysterious um, uh, Black Series 3-pack that is available at Galaxy's Edge where it has Commander Pyre from Resistance, um, Kylo Ren, and then what they called a Mountain Trooper or a Mountain Ranger, range uh, something like Range Trooper or something like that. Um, you know, did, it doesn't say anything about the Raider, but, I mean, they look the same. So I I don't know. You know, is that will that be a design we see in um, 
uh, the Rise of Skywalker or not. I still need to get that set whenever we go to Galaxy's Edge because it looks really cool. Plus, Commander Pyre is the only official Resistance character in a 6-inch line. Hopefully someday we'll get Kaz and all them. Um, so yeah, a lot of mystery about you know how extensive the relic hunting on the First Order side is. So much so that they have a, a garrison um, or at least a squad to go do this. And which Supreme Leader put them up to it. Um, I mean, they were they were pretty efficient. You know, they, they captured the aces. They had them secure. They blew up Amika's ship. So, I mean, they were being, you know, coldly efficient about this whole thing. And they had been chasing her since um, maybe she, she listed at least one other um, place where she had, had encountered them. You know, they track her here. So they're, they're, they're efficient troopers. Um, yeah, I was really fascinated by them. I hope we get more. And then we do get to see the power of the Sith relic itself. Where, I mean, and little Han was asking me, well, why didn't it destroy the, the outpost? And I'm thinking, kind of like with, um, not the Sith lightning, but the electricity that shocked Kaz in the temple. Is it an offshoot of that, but just more dangerous where it has an effect on organic material, but doesn't, you know, doesn't affect buildings and architecture and stuff like that. And that's why they, you know, our heroes had to go shield themselves behind the building so they wouldn't be directly affected by it. But it obviously took out the raiders. Um, and, you know, Mika, you know, that she was asked if it was a weapon. She, you know, she said it's a power source from an ancient time. This is the kind of stuff I want to know more about. You know, like how the Sith created these. How did they wield them? I, I hope that's the Star Wars storytelling yet to come. And then, so Mika herself, so she, I mean, she's a relic hunter. Is she tied in in any way to other relic hunters we have met? Um, it wasn't, I mean, we kind of got the hints of it with Maz in Force Awakens, but in the Age of Resistance comic book, there is a Maz story where she explicitly is is Sith relic hunting herself. And it's kind of the same thing as Mika to keep them out of the wrong hands. Um, you know, keep, keep them away from the First Order or the Empire or Darksiders, just whoever. You know, it's like, it's not so much the fortune and glory type thing, it's just, you know, keep it away from them. And then it goes back to a character that I love that is brand new, Jedi Master Lean Kastana, who was in the Dooku Jedi Lost audio presentation book. She has uh, was doing that before the fall of the Jedi. She was collecting Sith relics to keep them out of the wrong hands, knowing there are a lot of fakes um, uh, on the black market and stuff like that, and wanting to you know, her philosophy was try to get them all because if any of them are real, those are the ones that need to be definitely kept and put away. I won't, I won't spoil too much about her because uh, if you haven't already, please listen to Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, I mean, it's a fascinating audio presentation in the spirit of the old radio dramas, but Ling Kastana herself is just a great character, and I hope we get more of her from Kevin Scott or anybody else. But But that makes three... 
characters now that have that as part of their purpose is to find these relics and just keep them under wraps because they know of their power. So I would love to have that explored, explored further. Um, so then we kind of finish up with, um, you know, when Meek is talking to uh, Ayla on the ride back, you know, she says she's not a Jedi or a Sith. Um, and then she kind of, you know, talks about the nature of the Force, which, you know, it echoes what Luke said in Last Jedi. It doesn't belong to anybody. It's, you know, flows through all of us. And, uh, you know, we use it in our own way. Um, you know, Kaz hears this and it makes him think because he's, based on dialogue earlier in the episode, he's not really a believer. Um, you know, this era with the Jedi having been gone for 50 years almost, um, you know, people think it's legend and they really don't know what to believe, even though they're, you know, obviously with Ray and, uh, Tamiri Blag in Last Jedi and, you know, the, the students that Luke had. Um, you know, the ability to use the force is still out there for people. So, um, yeah, it ended on a very thoughtful moment for Kaz, you know, as he kind of opens his mind to new things. Um, and then Bucket's List, you know, talks about, you know, Sith artifacts, ancient writing, Kylo Ren's um, pursuit of such secrets, all factor into upcoming storytelling. Um, I'm guessing that'll be in the uh, Rise of Kylo Ren comic book by Charles Sewell that comes out in December in the movie. And past that, like I say, you know, we still don't know about Project, Project Luminous. Um, you know, as much as, you know, as great as of a Star Wars Resistance episode this was with our familiar characters, uh, what they opened up as far as mythology was uh, the real meaty thing to enjoy about this episode. And um, who better than Brandon Almond to present that to us um, since he's over the show and he knows which uh, which direction they want to take it. So, yes, very enjoyable, and obviously uh, Little Han had plenty to say about it. Um, and, yeah, we'll see what's um, what's to come with this the rest of the season. Um, but look, based on the preview, it looks like next week we're going to get... Um, you know, back into the action against the First Order uh, with uh, some people from the past uh, that our heroes know, and it looks like Tam's back. So rolling along with this final season, it should be uh, should be amazing. Uh, but thanks for listening to this episode, and I'll be back next week with another Resistance review. I've got um, Chapter 3 of The Mandalorian coming up to review um, at the start of the week. Uh, it's just an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. Um, but you can follow along. I'm on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, at Radio Dakar. Uh, all the Radio Dakar episodes are on most major podcast platforms, um, hosted through Anchor.fm or the Anchor app. And you can find it on SoundCloud or... Go back to sleep, buddy. I'm almost done. Uh, my studio audience took a nap. Uh, uh, Spotify, Overcast, um, Apple, Google Play, any of those, you can become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash radio to car. Uh, but until next time, thank you for listening and may the force be with you.